This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Are you ready? Let's do it. Guys, it's the Black Friday special. It's the Full Blast podcast with Ben Snoor and, and me. Black Friday special, you know what I'm saying? But before we get into it, guys, we got a lot to cover. A lot to cover with my boy Ben's back. Let's talk about a little business. Number one is Broadbeck Ironworks. Broadbeck Ironworks, makers of the 2x72 grinder. They are incredible, and they are running a Black Friday sale. It's from it's going to the 30th of November. So their Max Plus package, and if you know, you know what I'm talking about. The Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder is, is an awesome grinder. Uh, if you buy the max plus package you get the waterfall platen free and the bevel table free if you get the premium plus you're going to get everything in the max package plus the misting system free and then the super mega package you get the premium plus and the disc sander free these specials will occur with kits and painted and assembled packages uh, with the value you're going to save value of 294 dollars all the way up to 770 dollars in free attachments so go check out broadbackironworks.com here's your chance pull the trigger those boys are my boys ben ben seacrest is my guy i've been on the phone with him last week he hooked me up my boys my boys are the best they're they have great customer service they're awesome dudes broadbackironworks.com and then after the 30th you can go back to uh, knife talk 10. knife talk 10 will not work with this black friday sale Next is Even Heat. Manufacture the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next heat treat oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Get yourself that tap control, solid state drive. If you want to make it easier, get the turn and burn, whatever they, whatever you want. And you can reach out to them, and they're very, they're incredibly smart, incredibly helpful. And Spence and that family is like four generations of, of, the, of that company. And they're awesome. And Spence is the man. And if you need anything, go reach out to them. Everybody, you call anybody on that, on that company, they're going to be able to answer your questions. So check out evenheat-shill.com. Thank you once again to my friends at Nordic Edge. That's at Nordic underscore Edge. They are the makers of Pro Tools for Knife Makers, and they are awesome, and they make great stuff if you're in Australia. Handle material, all the stuff you need for knife making, all the if you want to get a knife making class, if you want to get a blacksmithing class, they do that too. Go to nordicedge.com.au. Get the big burnt file guide, the broaching tools, the beveling jigs, whatever you need to get stocked, resupplied. They are the guys. Many thanks to my friends at Nordic Edge. Uh, I want to thank my brother, my brother, my brother, Lawrence Lake over at Maritime Knife Supply. They are the best, and it's not just for Canada, but it's for the United States too. They have everything that you need for knife making, belts, abrasives, steels, uh, kilns, forges, presses, heat treatiums, all that stuff, and steel, and all that. But what they really got is they have a scholarship for the New England School of Metalwork, and it is you can apply for it up until December 1st. It is for the ABS Intro to Bladesmithing at the New England School of Metalwork. And it's open to anyone ages 16 to 30. I think they have a couple spots available. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, Lawrence Lake is dynamite. And he's doing a lot of stuff for the knife making community. And you should definitely check him out. You should support him even if you're in the United States. I ordered something on Tuesday night. It arrived Friday morning. I'm in New York. He's in Canada. Don't ask me. He did it. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. I'm going to order some more stuff soon. I love, I, I love what he's doing. I appreciate what he's doing. And... He's the man. Next is 
Sam and Jeff. That's Trojan Horse Forge. The Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice is awesome. Built in the heart of Texas is going to make your knife making the best. It's going to help you out. The Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice is dynamite, not just for handle scales, but for hand sanding. Uh, I definitely check. I definitely want you to check it out and also check out their attachment. The handle press attachment is really, really cool. And if you go to uh, TrojanHorseForge.com, put in the promo code FULLBLAST10, you're going to get 10% off of the... You're going to get for 10% off anything, including their T4 Sentinel Oil. They have cases of it, and if you wanted to be a distributor or an affiliate, you can do that too. They're, it's great. I really like the T4 Sentinel Oil. Um, I love, love, love the Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice, and those guys are awesome. So definitely get yourself 10% off with Full Blast 10. <sighs> Baker Forging Tool, what can you say? Koi and those guys are doing some crazy stuff. And the Copper Mascus and the Copper Mine, the Bronze Mine, the Tiger Mine, it's super easy to use, super easy to work with, and it will make your... Uh, knives. If you want to put a little razzle dazzle in your life, go get checked it out. And if you, if you, I mean, I'm telling you, I've got, I've used a lot of it, and I've never had delamination. I've never had anything weird. The core is always dead center in the middle. It's easy to work with. If you have a little bandsaw, you want to try something special out. It, it, it heat treats its ADCRV2, which is, I'll give, tell you, 15, 1550. Uh, don't worry about that. 1525 for 15 minutes in oil. Boom. Bingo, bango, bongo. Then you finish it. You stick it in that gator piss. Oh, man. Get yourself some of that gator piss and uh, you're in business. I use gator piss on not only the uh, Baker Forge steel stuff, I use it on damas steel. I use it on damas steel to get the, the contrast that work great. I used it on the Baker Forge. I use it on any Damascus outside of the Baker Forge stuff. It is really great. And if you go to bakerforge.com and then you put in the promo code uh, full blast, you're going to get 10% off. If you're in the EU, go to DIY, uh, DIYEurope.eu and they have Gator Piss if you're in the EU. So definitely check that out. Um, and then once again, many thanks to my friends at Total Boat. That's totalboat.com slash full blast check out there check out there if you're if you like pouring epoxy this is the stuff for you but if you just need some stuff that's really user friendly and it's great for handle scales and stuff like that get definitely check out their two-part epoxy uh check out their uv cure resin uh, i like it very much i've been using it now for a year and it's great and i'm really i'm really getting great results from it so totalboat.com slash full blast and I got a load from my friends at GL Hansen & Sons. GL Hansen & Sons are the makers of G-Carta, which is a unique composite of natural fibers and fabrics mixed with epoxy under pressure and heat. Get to shelf some of that ripple cut. Get yourself some of that Bofa. Tuxini by Mikey. Mahi Mahi Radio Worm G-Carta. Pheasant by Mikey. Colorama by Mikey. And my favorite, which is Hoopla by Mikey. It's great stuff. It's easy to work with. It really is quite fascinating stuff. And, and if you go to gcarta.bigcartel.com, you will definitely get yourself squared away with some really wild stuff for your handles. And then last but not least, can't say enough about Tormac. I just sharpened a pile of knives on the Tormac, and it's it gets me right where I need to be. So Tormac is now uh, celebrating 50 years in business with the Black T8 sh uh, sharpening system. It's water-cooled, and it's great. And not to mention, I must say, they just did a collaboration with my brother. Uh, um, they did a collaboration with my boy, uh, uh, Florentine Kitchen Knives, and they're doing a, uh, let's get it, let's find that one. Oh, this is a great, great job, Jeff. Uh, Florentine Kitchen Knives has been uh, in, uh, with uh, Tormek for quite a while, and they just, uh, they just did a, a, a collaboration. It is the, uh, the T1 
Florentine variant with a color lab with a colorful uh, handle. It's really great for kitchens, for home use. It is really cool, and it's got his uh, dynamite uh, dynamite handle style. So definitely check out what's going on with Tormek.com. Go over to Florentine Kitchen Knives. You can get yourself one. And then uh, Tormek underscore sharpening on Instagram. Listen, guys, you know why I had to do all that? Because this is Black Friday, guys. This is the Black Friday special every year. I do the Black Friday special with uh, Ben Snoor. Ben Snoor's here. Usually have John, uh, John Porter, Jonathan Porter here. We'll get him next time. Miss that guy. But uh, Ben Snoor's here. Ben, how the hell are you? I am fabulous. Yeah? Fabulous. Fabulous? I like yeah. to hear that. Yeah. It's been a weird week. It has? It's been. How have weird... you been? I've been good. Been really good. I've good. been really good. Um, the one thing is, is my daughter's coming home for Thanksgiving, and I haven't seen her in three months. This is the longest I've gone without seeing her, and it's hard for me to even concentrate. I'm so excited to see her. So, she is coming, and here's the crazy part. So she's taking a red eye from California to New York, and she's going to get in it, uh, Wednesday morning. And if I were to go home like I normally do to get lunch, I, there's no way I'd go back to work. So I made the decision that I'm not coming home for lunch because I would just be too crazy to, once I see her, I'm never going to let her go. So Perfect. I, yeah, I, this is the first Thanksgiving where I've never been this excited for Thanksgiving before, ever. And it's just my kids coming home. I, I can understand that. I don't know that I ever really get excited for Thanksgiving. Dude, when your kids go away, when your kids go to college, and I, I never get excited for Thanksgiving either, but when your kids go to college... And all of a sudden, you know, you're making, you know, August, September, October, November, you're trying to get, you know, you're getting your life together and, you know, you're having a good time and things are different because there's one less person in your house. All of a sudden, when you find out that your kid's coming home, you're just, I'm just on cloud. I've never, ever been this excited for Thanksgiving before. Never. I can't, couldn't be more excited about my kids going off to college. That's a long <laughs> is, ways off. It is a long ways off for you, but it's, it is, uh, it's a, uh, it's definitely like uh, uh, the the lap of victory once it happens. I can see that. Yeah. So, uh, what's been going on with you? Uh, hell, they, normal shit, and then finally kind of getting back in the shop. The weather's been nice, cooling off around here. It's still dry as hell, but finding some shop time and kind of just keeping keeping everything rolling. I would imagine it's. I would imagine is it because it's getting cooler at night, so it's probably easier to work with with the, like the doors open and stuff, right? Oh yeah. How, yeah. How cold is it? How cool does it get about now? Uh, right now it's we've had highs of like mid fifties. We've had a cut. We had one day where it, where it froze, and then the next day it was like eighty five again. Oh man! But so, uh, yeah, like high of fifty five, sixty. What? What kind of weather would you do you prefer working in? Sixty degrees is it for me? Wow! You like mean, just if if it could be sixty degrees year round, I would be very happy. I think that I think that I would prefer because up here it either is freezing or it's hot as hell. Yeah, and I've been in enough shops to know that if you have a concrete floor, you do not open the doors. Like that is like that's day one shit. Especially if it's warm, it's nice out. You don't. If it's hot out, you keep the doors closed because that. Why is that? Because the concrete keeps the the shop cool. Like every shop I've had uh, in with, it, with concrete floors, every time we start to open the door, it always gets too hot. But if we keep the doors closed, we'll usually get it. It'll be nice and cool because of the concrete. 
It gets so hot around here that oh, I mean that doesn't matter. You gotta you gotta have a breeze come through oh, yeah. from the doors open in the summer. I mean it's I don't know. I think the concrete just if even if you left the doors closed, eventually that concrete's gonna warm up. It it might be an it might be an East Coast thing. It might be like because we don't get hotter than I mean it doesn't get hot. I mean in the mornings it, I mean it doesn't get really hotter than it barely it barely it hasn't touched a hundred degrees in a couple of years here. So like oh, maximum. I mean, I dealt with that all summer. Oh God. I don't know how you do it. Me know. neither. I like cold weather. Me too. Me too. You know, when it's hot, you can only take off so many clothes. Right. And then I guess you could work naked, but that wouldn't be great. But if no. you, it, in the cold, you can always put on more cold weather gear. And if you have good weather, cold weather gear, it's not that bulky or cumbersome. And if you're moving around, you're forging, yeah. you know, it's not that big of a deal. So you're working on new stuff. Did this whole Instagram kerfluffle affect you at all? Or you don't really not sell yet. direct? Not yet. And, you know, I hadn't posted a knife since January. And so I'm not really, hell, I hadn't hardly posted shit. And so I, you know, just wasn't too concerned about it. But non-hammer guys are getting hit too. And big time it's it's it, this this whole thing that happened and just to give you uh if you're if you're listening from the future and you don't know what we're talking about so the the friday before the friday before black friday uh an algorithm was kicked in on on instagram that flagged uh, a lot of users that were selling knives or or promoting or pictures of knives really and it was very disconcerting in the knife making community and the making community because it seemed as though people were being suppressed, which is far from the case. And people were losing their mind. I mean, Friday, I remember. I, I keep hearing people say that they're getting shadow banned. This wasn't a shadow ban. No. This was an outright ban that they it, told you. You know what? It isn't. Here's the thing is I, I, one of the things is, and I'm going to, I've been talking <clears throat> about this for for a year now. And it's not one of the things about knife makers in general. I'm just gonna use knife makers. Is they're so hysterical over nothing for preppers and survivalists. They need to be focusing on their like stress levels because this isn't this isn't your problem. Isn't the problem that you think it is. And what happened is is and there's a long story to it. But the real thing is is like everyone is like hysterical instead of just kind of thinking about what's happening and why this is happening and then what we can do. So basically Instagram has started to allow you to see your status, the status of your, uh, of your account. And there, if you go to, and thanks to Rob McKinnon who sent this to me, if you go to settings and then you go to accounts, then you go to account and then account status, it'll bring you to a, a table um like a screen that'll show four different things whether or not you're within their guidelines or within the guidelines of whether or not they're going to recommend you or not and if you're doing something that they feel that you're, they're not going to recommend they'll send you a message saying these our algorithm has found these things and if you can either edit them appeal them or get rid of them then you'll be back in our good graces in regards to the guidelines of whether or not we'll promote you or you know promote you or recommend your work so everyone just basically went fucking hog wild and said that we're being banned. And that's really not the case. And what happened was, and it, it stems back and feel free to interrupt me. Feel free to ask questions. So 
I found about a year ago, I found this article and the article was talking about this rule, the section 230 and how section 230 shaped the internet. So section 230 was this concept that started basically uh, back in the 50s. Uh, there were the, where was the idea that a, uh, I'm going to, I found this article, I'll read this. So a measure, uh, in the, the 50s when bookstore owners were being held liable for selling books containing obscenity, which was not protected by the First Amendment. One case eventually made it to the Supreme Court, which held that created, uh, created a chilling effect to someone who's somehow liable for someone else's content. So a guy went to a bookstore, saw this book he felt was uh, uh, obscene, and then they sold, and then they tried to sue the bookstore. So what happened was, was they tried to protect these What year was this? 1950. So That man is the original Karen. That man was the original Karen. You're right. You're right. He didn't like it, and he sued the bookstore. So what happened was was back in there was in 1996 there was this concept of the communication decency act and they created section 230 which protected uh so no provider or user uh of an inactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided for the information content provider so basically it protected google from being sued for something that somebody wrote on youtube or something like that it protected meta if you know you wrote something slanderous to, to someone they the the person couldn't sue uh, you know meta for the content that you pr provide so section 230 basically protected all of these you know app companies does that make sense mm -hmm. so what happened was was uh what a couple years ago there was a case in front of the Supreme Court, which is going on right now. Uh, it's called Gonzalez versus Google, which challenges Section 230, uh, especially holding tech companies liable. So there was this student who was uh, killed in a terror attack in Paris, and then they claim, the Gonzalez family claim, that the, uh, the people in who were recruited by these extremists were recruited by... Uh, the algorithm that YouTube provides. So you watch a video about a cat, and then at the end of the video, they said, if you like that cat video, maybe you like this cat video. So what they're basically saying is these algorithms all of a sudden make it, you know, they're, that the companies are are providing suggestions, and then all of a sudden now they shouldn't be protected by Section 230. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But, I mean, it makes sense what you're saying. That's so. So basically, while this Gonzalez's versus Google w is addressing the issue of the uh, the algorithms, basically promoting or suggesting. Now, yeah. the interesting thing is, so what what Instagram does, which is different than Twitter, is Instagram kind of pushes content, like it helps to push content. And the reason why it's different than Twitter is because Twitter doesn't have to push content. Twitter gets people to repost and then they repost to other friends and it becomes viral virality on instagram is impossible without the push from instagram yeah. so they encourage people to do things and then they give you these pushes because they want you to produce more content so what it means is is they've they and they've given you a window into whether or not you are in violation or not They'll say, all right, here's the reason why we're... So what happened was is their new algorithm basically just started looking at 
cover pages. And then if they saw a knife, regardless of the context, they would they would flag it. And then they would say, all right, we're not we're not you're not eligible for recommendation because of these pictures. And if you appeal them or get rid of them, then they're good. So I appealed them, and then they were done. And I heard this guy who had talked to someone from Meta, and they said they understand that this is, seems like it's ex extreme. But what's happening is, is the, the algorithms are looking at the cover page that you do on your reels. So if you just change the cover page, you'll kind of circumvent the algorithm. The bottom line is we saw this coming and everyone's losing their fucking minds. And these Instagram, Instagram and Meta and all these people, they don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about knife makers. They don't shiver, shiver about anybody. And we just have to figure out ways in which to deal with it. Well, this this whole thing isn't exactly new. Like having those no. insights on whether you can be recommended—that's not new. That's been no. around for a while, of course. And then I—it seems like I don't know. Maybe six months ago, there was something else going on where, like, I started having things flagged. Right. It had to figure out what it was, and it was—you know—you appeal it, and it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. And the the thing is, is we're people are people see people the knife making community seems to think that there's this conspiracy against them and that there are people at that there there are people sitting at desks and they're being like oh you know a lightning bolt forge is they we got to get they don't give a shit about you bps lightning bolt forge would be the worst name in the world for a company number by the way but the stupid thing is is our overreaction to it now the the, the problem is is they should have done this in June where we could have kind of worked it out. Instead, they panicked everybody the week before the busiest potential month of the year. Yeah. And it was just a poorly timed situation. Um, but it's, you know, it's not a big deal. At the same time, the smartest answer I heard from everybody, is I talked to Tomer Botner of Florentine Kitchen Knives, uh, Saturday morning at five in the morning because he's at a different time zone, and he's like, "We didn't, he, we didn't get any of this, and I don't know what the big deal is." And then a couple hours later, he got it, and then he appealed, and he wrote something very interesting. He wrote something on his stories. He, he says, "This is, this is what the bottom line is. You cannot count on, on Meta to help you. They'll take your money and they'll change the rules. So what that means is, is you can't count on them to be there for you." So you have to figure out a different way to go about. You have to diversify, and that was the like the smartest, most eloquent answer of all time. You can't count on these people to help you. So well, and it's it's kind of like you and I discussed before. Whenever the whole reels thing really was, bit, they were pushing reels. If you're an Instagram based business, I mean they got you over a barrel, and you got to play by their rules, right? And right. I mean, it's, it sucks, but what else are you going to do? I mean, I feel as though we also have this unreasonable relationship with Instagram because Instagram has allowed people to be their own public relations firm and they've created a business off of the back of Instagram. But I mean, they don't owe us anything. I mean, some of us pay. I mean, I pay 15 bucks a month and, you know, people buy ads and stuff like that. But really... They're not in partnership with me. So I can't, I don't really have trust in them. I shouldn't have trust in them and nor should, they don't owe anybody really anything, frankly. Oh. So it's bizarre that people would really, I mean, people lost their fucking minds. And, um, well, and I saw some people saying, you know, this was just some sort of deal to push people towards Facebook. It's the same guy. 
it's the same guy. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter. And then I keep seeing like threads. What is what, is that? Is that Facebook's Twitter? Is that right? And that's yeah. That's Meta's Twitter. And I I got I no, did it because could, somebody told me to do it. And I was like, I regret it. I regret it. I regret yeah, regret it doing. Didn't do anything. The, that is true. This is the funny thing is I know a couple knife makers who who I who I'm friends with on Facebook and and frankly social media to me is strictly for business. Like I catch up with people from high school. I like that. And I, you know, I see some people that I hadn't seen in a long time that I like, but I'm not espousing my political opinions. I don't expect to be anything other than using it to sell stuff. And the funny thing is I see all these guys being like, I'm on Facebook and I just want you to know that what's going on in Instagram is no good. So I'm going to come here. It's just like asshole. It's the same fucking person. And you're dealing with the exact same problem. It's the same person. And, and, and then people are like, oh, I'm staying, getting off Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. It's a, it's all, it's all a fucking shell game. It's a shell game. And yeah. you have to understand that there's going to be a time where, where the, where the jigs up, you know, the end well, of the I remember line. at one point they said, oh, they're going to, they're going to completely ban knives. Everybody's moving to this other new social media platform. I want to say it was called Vero. Or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And boy, what a dud that was. <laughs> what a dud. That's a that's the right word. It's like I'm going to join Periscope right now. <laughs> it's a fucking that's a fucking dud. Yeah. You know. I but mean, it went nowhere. It went nowhere. And if you if you start to think about it, that all this is is Instagram is actually doing you a favor because they're trying to cover your they're covering they're, if you were to if you were to say if Section 230 just goes away. And trillions or billions of people can decide. And you know how many assholes and morons there are in this world. How many of them would sue? I even saw a couple. I saw a couple knife makers say, "Let's put together a class action lawsuit against Meta." You're a fucking idiot. And and this is this <laughs> stupid. This is idiotic. If Section Two Thirty goes away, everyone's going to be su everyone's going to be suing Meta. They're trying to prevent themselves from being sued. So. The fact that they give you a window and what you're doing wrong and then allowing you to adjust it is actually pretty nice. They could just fucking yeah. cut your fucking, they just, they could just cut the cord on you. They don't have any reason not to, you know, they won't uh, cut they the cord. Can, they, cut they, the can, cord. Can, they can shit can your account at any time for whatever reason, completely shit can it. Shit it, shit can it right out, fucking cut it. Just cut the cord. Yeah. Yeah. Lightning bulb forge cut done. You're out. But and that guy like, fucking deserves it really. I, you know what the funny part is? You know, you know what I love more than anything? God bless these people. But people start to tag Mark Zuckerberg in their fucking posts with like 50 likes and like, you know, 300 followers. And it's just like, yep, yep. you think that Mark Zuckerberg's waking up in the morning and being like, I better check who's who's tagging me and fucking get my thumbs Look at going. Lightning Bolt Forge. I've been waiting for them to tag me. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think this is appropriate on Black Friday to bitch about it because the problem is, is people have a real, they're having a real hard time with the concept of, of what biz, being in business is. And part of it is, is some things aren't fair and you just have to be, you have to be able to kind of roll with the punches and not have a fucking shit fit panic attack. You have to, things happen and you have to figure out, all right, well, what are we going to do about it? I mean, I was obviously concerned. But my concern was more along the lines of how am I going to get more followers or how am I going to get new eyes on what I'm doing? But it wasn't just like, I, you know, my customers have been, I, my, I, I'm cool with the customers I have right now. I want more. 
And I think that people need to just be a little bit more understanding of, all right, what's the problem? What's the root of this? And then how do we move forward? As opposed to just like the sky is falling and I need my hand held from mommy. You know, let's stick my thumb in my mouth or I'll put, I'll put a fucking binky in and change my diaper. Because you're a bunch of fucking babies. Some of you are a bunch of babies. Big time. There you go. I mean, so I was just researching, making sure there wasn't a lightning bolt forge on Instagram, and I have yet to find one. So, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. I mean, you know, obviously, this hasn't been a, co- a good couple of years since uh, the panty was really good for uh, knife makers and stuff like that. But, like, it hasn't been maximum number like it ha- it was. So yeah. I can understand why people are, like, in a bit of a panic. But uh, we could talk about this. We could talk about whatever you want, whatever you've been catching up on. I also have... I also have a lot of weird news, so I wouldn't be the black the the, the Black uh, Friday special. We didn't have weird news, but whatever you want to do, man, this is your show. We can fuck this pig however you want. <laughs> my man, my man, we can fuck this pig however you want. It, guys, listen to me. Um, basically, the 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 old idea, the original idea of the Black Friday special was most radio stations go at they, most radio shows like take vacation. And I, I always liked the shows that just stayed on stayed on the air. Like you get the guy who doesn't normally do the shift, but he's got it. Somebody's got to play the records. And I like the holiday guys. Like right now, uh, Howard Stern's on vacation, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, he had Dolly Parton on. P.S. She's outstanding. Dolly Parton is outstanding. Hell yeah, she is. Dude, she is so goddamn smart and... What she did in her career is really, really amazing. And she's just like, she's awesome. And I, I, uh, it was really cool hearing her speak. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is whole all meant to be keeping you company on the holidays, especially, you know, you're maybe you're a long suffering Jets fan or whatever. And you're just like, you're the, have you been following football at all? No. The Jets. No, oh just god. a little bit. I mean, I know about the Jets season. Oh my god! The G- I watched the Jets game last night, and it was like, I mean, you- the funniest joke I heard was Artie Lang said, "Being a Jets fan," he said, he was talking about he's doing this joke. He goes, he goes, um, when I was younger, I loved the Jets, and then I found girls, and then a little bit later, I went back to the Jets, and he says the difference is, girls will fuck you sometimes, but the Jets. Well, fuck you all the time. All the time. <laughs> Which is the, I thought it was the most, that is 100% right. Uh, and uh, that's the way it is. So we're going to go into some news, some weird news to ring in. Uh, we've talked about the, the uh, and last but not least, if you're still, if you're still with me, go read about section 230 it's in the bio at full blast uh podcast i have a great article from the pbs it's not one of them flea bag you know bullshit articles it's a great article in regards to what it section 230 is and go to that so full blast podcast on instagram all right so we're gonna do some news it's weird stuff you tell me what you like we'll figure it out the first one is very important because this is about tomorrow uh, today black friday it's the, I don't know if you heard about this, but the U.S. plumbers, plumbers in the U.S. are bracing for Brown Friday after Thanksgiving. Have you heard of this? I, I saw that. I so saw something about it. This is Black Friday is also referred to as Brown Friday. A plumbing company is warning U.S. residents about Brown Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, day of the, after Thanksgiving which is the busiest year for plumbers. Roto-Rooter says Brown Friday marks the busiest day of the year, averaging 50% more calls than the average Friday. 
Thanksgiving weekend overall averages 21% of their calls for service, uh, more than average, more than the average Sunday through a uh, Thursday through Sunday period. The company said the main culprit are clogs in the kitchens, sinks, toilets, and garbage disposals. Often the cases, the house is already partially clogged drains that go unnoticed until the holiday guests arrive and overwhelm the system. Even more problematic is that it's virtually every traditional Thanksgiving dish is draining the clogs and the culprit. So Roto-Rooter offered some advice on for avoiding Thanksgiving weekend plumbing catastrophes, including keeping fats and cooking oils away from the sink, wiping grease out of the pots and pans with paper towels before washing them, and uh, not putting potential clog-causing foods such as poultry skins, celery, fruit, and potato skins down the garbage disposal. I will run anything down a garbage disposal. Do you have a garbage disposal? Hell yeah, I do. And what is it? What it? What's the? What's the worst thing you've run 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 through it? The hardest thing. Have you ever done like a spoon or something like that? Oh yeah, hell, spoons get caught in there. I mean, not all the time, but that's just something that it happens. I I've heard that one of the things that I I run down it that's bad is eggshells. Really, that's surprising. Yeah, and it has to do with that membrane gets tangled up in shit and then makes it not work. But a few years ago, it was Thanksgiving. We were having it at my sister's house. She and my mother were prepping to uh, saute a shit ton of Brussels sprouts. And I do mean a lot of fucking Brussels sprouts. Right. And they were trimming off all the stumps and, you know, kind of those loose leaves. And right, they right. put them all down the garbage disposal. Fibrous. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it immediately clogged it. <laughs> and it's just, what, what were you thinking? I, I think why, why would you do that? I could see myself pushing. I'm a push it to the limit guy with most ho- household things. Like the the la- I get lectures about how much pu- I'm putting in the laundry into the washing machine and stuff like that. I am a push it to the limit guy. No, I know you're for saving fact, water. Pardon me. You're saving water. I'm. Th- I mean, th- but at the same time, apparently, it doesn't get clean if you like overload the the washing yeah. machine. But I know if I had a garbage disposal, I would 100% push it to the limit. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry yeah. about that. Yeah, we can put a whole, whole lime down there. It's fine. Have you Cucumber, ever had... doesn't matter. Have you ever had a Roto-Rooter emergency call? No, unfortunately, out here at the ranch, I am Roto-Rooter. Oh, and I've yeah. had... Like, I, I finally... There was there was somebody who was having some some GI issues down at the boss's house one year, and it was Thanksgiving, Easter, something. They're like, "You got to come do this. Got to come unclog it." And I did. Or I tried, and then I had to go to town and rent a you know one of those snakes. A snake, yeah. And I don't. After that, I was like, "No, this isn't me." Y'all got to get a fucking plumber. I'm not doing this shit. Like, that is unclogging shit from your toilet is not part of my job description. We, I tell you what, we want year, every year we have to call Roto Rooter because one year, I, you know, I never thought that there was a difference with toilet paper. Like, I thought toilet paper is toilet paper. Toilet paper is not toilet paper. Mm-mm. The two ply shit or the super soft for your asshole stuff. That is like fucking it. trouble. That is yeah. terrible trouble. So I just assumed that you could just use this nice stuff. Well, it turns out it 
we, you know, one year, all of a sudden, I, we, I heard these weird gurgling noises, and I went to the basement, and there was like this pool of feces coming up from the ground. <sighs> and it was bad. And it was bad, and I didn't know what was happening. We called, and it was, just, it was definitely clearly like, you know, it was the house's, I mean, it was our, you know, sewage was coming up. Call Roto-Rooter. They came down. They said, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you need to, every year you need to get it. Uh, they have this special machine that, like, kind of whirls through it and power washes the, the, the pipes and stuff. And the guy says, you're using an awful lot of toilet paper. And he's like, don't want to use that, like, special soft stuff because it really kind of, it really clogs things up. And then I went down there, and he says, do you have a hammer to use? And I gave him a uh, – he needed a big hammer, so I gave him um, one of them Swedish, those old uh, – I had um, a – Petting uh, house. A petting house. He had a big-ass petting house. And I gave him this petting house. He had to open a thing, and he says to me – and he starts, he starts using it. He's like, can I buy this off you? I'm like, no, you can't buy this off me. He's like, please, come on. I love this hammer. I'm like, yeah, I do too. You can't buy the hammer. And then he, <laughs> he opened up some drain, and then there was just like this – he had to reach in, and I went downstairs, and it was, he said, do you have any garbage bags and he was like loading the garbage bags full of our feces and i was just like i'm gonna fucking die in here and he says to me he's like you know you just could do this yourself hammer, he goes he goes he goes you could do this yourself you know and he says i'll show you how to do it i'm like no 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 no. i'll pay i'm not uh, i'm not doing yeah. nothing you can forget it forget it so like that happened once and then we had like we had cleaners come and it was a whole production so now we're very very careful we get the yeah, scott the, one ply and we don't fuck around and you know yeah, nothing's the, going the, down it's not supposed to go down and the fancy toilet paper you get like two squares max you, or it's clogging stuff up if you get like the scott one ply you can just build a, build yourself an oven mitt <laughs> yeah you got to you, you you're playing game. i don't know why those toilet paper companies seem to think that it's okay to promote this shit that makes your will literally give you shit. I also, I don't know what it is about it. I like cheap toilet paper. It, it's like I feel cleaner after my butthole is sanded I with the cheap stuff. just remembered a story that I've never told. I'm so glad I remembered it. <laughs> I, you're going to love this story. All right. So when I was younger... You know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, I'm like 15 or something like that. And I was kind of on my own and parents were gone. And I was like, I was, I was private school. I was meeting other girls from different private schools. And I ended up at this girl's house and it was just me and her and we were fooling around. And it was like, it was just like the perfect opportunity for like, you know, whatever. I mean, fooling around. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and the, the girl was cool with it. And then the, her parents were gone and everybody was cool. And then we kind of like took a pause and we we're going to get something to eat and something like that. And I, and I realized that I had to have a shit. I went to the guest room and I had the wickedest shit I've ever had in my life. I mean, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it was like, what, where is this coming from? Like I, and then when I flushed the, 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 oh. the inside was I mean, it was like a disaster area. I mean, I've, I mean, I, it was like, how am I going to clean this up? I can't, you know, I can't just like reach in and clean it. So I saw, uh, the, uh, the toilet brush and I was like, okay, I'll just use the toilet brush. I grabbed the toilet brush and I started scrubbing the toilet and I picked up the toilet brush and it was like a fucking shitsicle. And I thought, what am I going to do with this toilet brush? 
<laughs> like, I can't, I don't even clean the toilet brush. Like, there's no way. I'm like 15 too. Like, I don't have a lot of wherewithal. I don't think yeah. to myself, you know, just, you know, just soak it in water and you'll be okay. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you I don't think this is a, this is a shit brush made for, for this. This is a nice nobody's house. Gonna, nobody's going to really look at. This is a nice house too. This is like a really nice house. Like, this is a really nice house. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking. brush just out, out where you can find it? Well, I mean, you know, it was behind the toilet. It was a nice, uh, it was not, everything was nice. And I was just like, well, what am I going to do now? Because they're going to know it's me. Like the girl's going to know it. Someone's going to know it's me. And I didn't know what to do. So I opened the window and I yes. dropped it behind a yes. bush. I dropped it. There was a bush up against the house <laughs> and I dropped it behind the, the bush. And I thought they'll never know it was me. Number one, they won't find it until the winter. <laughs> And I will be gone. And I'll never forget my whole idea was you're going to clean the toilet and then you're going to take the brush and you're going to drop it behind a bush out the window. And that's what I did. And then I went back, fooled around with the girl a little bit more. And that was the end of that. Never saw her again. And then all I could think of is somebody's going to find something someday and they're going to wonder, <laughs> and they're going to wonder how did this happen? How did this brush end up behind this bush? Covered in shit. So, there you go. Uh, Brown that's Friday. wonderful. Yep. Yeah, that was a good one. I I tell that story. I told that story to my wife, and she's just like, "Well, why didn't you just like?" I'm like, "I was. I didn't know any better. I was a horny 14, 15 year old. I was just like, you know, I just wanted to get back to the action. I didn't want to have to deal with like, you know, being a janitor for this. I fucking... probably wouldn't have cleaned the toilet. I would have just left. I gotta go. I I, I was... got a phone call. Bye. My my man. Things were happening in a way that I yeah. was like not convinced it was going to happen again. There was, Fair you know, it was like, you know how, you know, when something's good and you're just like, yeah, got it. it was like a George Costanza moment, but I thought she probably won't go to this guest room tonight. So I need to like, I need to figure this out. And I made an executive decision and that's what it was. I always felt good about that. <laughs> Uh, I always felt like I did the right thing, but in my mind, I'm thinking like I want to know who's going to find it. You know, yeah. it wasn't. It wouldn't have been easy to find. Like you'd had to been back there. Like it could be there now. You know, but uh, no, it's a, it's a it's always a little bit of a disappointment on things like that that you don't like you you don't you never have a resolution. Right. You don't know what the end result was. Right. It's kind of. I saw somebody on Instagram the other day, and it was a. They said, whenever I'm bored, I go to parking lots and I just leave notes on random cars. And it, the one that they had pictured was, I'm pregnant, call me. That, and I, if you're going to do that, like, wouldn't you just have to sit in your car and wait for somebody to come out to see what happens? I, I hate pranks. I think that pranks, especially this new, this new, uh, vast, uh, viral thing where people prank people on the street. I I hate it. I think it's terrible. I think it's it's just I hate everything about it. The, like the guys in this Home Depot who they'll like whisper something into somebody's ear when you're trying to buy some fucking two by fours. I don't like that shit. I don't like it at all. I don't want to be part of your video. I don't want to be. I don't like it at all. Don't like it at all. But I did get a I, call I once. I did get a call once where a woman said that uh, we met at a, left me a voicemail saying that we met on Saturday or a couple like a month ago at the club and now I'm pregnant 
And I, I let I let the I let my wife listen to it, and she she laughed. She goes, "Who is this?" I'm like, "I have no idea." But guess what? I had a vasectomy a year ago, so it's like I don't even know <laughs> yeah. this woman, and it's just like I don't even know what you're talking about. So. Okay. Uh, you say you don't like a prank, but then you had your your business partner's email prank with you. I hated it. Oh, we gotta I bring... love that one. That one was so good. All right, so now I got to bring that one back up. So I've known my business partner Tony for over. I've known him for tw- over twenty years, and we've known each other for a long time. We worked together in a rest in a couple restaurants, and we've always been friends. And I worked at this bakery, and he somehow all of a sudden I started getting these weird emails that was broken English. And it was like the slightly, uh, not obscene, but like disturbing, like they, it was broken English. And it was like, you know, really kind of like not threatening, but just creepy. And I would get one every six months for years. And I just, I didn't respond, but I was just like, this is so fucking weird. This person every six months is sending me this very, they're cryptic. I mean, I wouldn't even, it was like broken English and just cryptic. What was and the name? Flavio Morales. <laughs> Flavio Morales. I'll never forget <laughs> Flavio Morales. And all of a sudden, after years of every six months of the fucking Flavio Morales, I was having a drink with Tony or something like that. And I was just like, I get these emails every so often. I don't know who it is. And it's driving me crazy. And I tell him, I tell him, and he goes, oh, you mean Flavio Morales? And I'm like, yeah, how do you know Flavio Morales? He's like, because that's me. I says, you've been sending me, the, I says, you've been every six months, you've been sending me these creepy emails? He goes, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So he just like, for like, I'm talking, we're talking for three or four years, he kept to this fucking bit. And I felt like it was a deranged person. And... I felt as though responding or creating some sort of encouragement was a problem, but Tony knew me, so he just kept going, and he was so happy that after three years of just sending me these creepy emails, it turned now, is out. That, is that his, his alias from forever now? No, but he's. No? I think he's got a – I think he's – the great thing about Tony is we used to call him Batman because, like, he was so elu- – he's so elusive. And you just never know what he's going to do or when he's going to do it. He's one of my closest friends. I've known this guy forever. I, like, trust him with my life. But he's he's got this elusive quality that's kind of crazy. Like, one time, he turned – it turns out that he's, like, a he was a professional fencer. Like, he was a tradi- he has a pedigree as a championship – in fencing so we were down- kind of like being the world's tallest midget i mean how much how much of a boasting boast is that? i mean he's just like a sword fighter like yeah, a, i know but you know I, they got those skinny little weird swords like how big a flex is that really he was good at it. i mean it was like uh, i mean it's like i mean think of it like badminton or something like that you know it's like he was doing like the, the helmet and the and the like the electric things and the you know the scoring and it's a you know whatever you think about it i mean obviously he's not gonna kick some he's not a fucking zorro but yeah. it turns out that he was like ranked and it wasn't a All bullshit right. thing so one day we were in the restaurant and then he just starts pulling peeling his pants off he had his entire fencing costume underneath his clothes like his street <laughs> clothes like he had the pants on he had the jacket on and then he opens up his bag and the helmet comes on and he was off to to tutor someone in fencing and I was just like, do you just wear your like fucking fencing clothes under your street clothes? He said, yeah, sometimes if I'm, t- if I'm, if I'm going to teach a class, <laughs> if I'm going to teach a class, I'm like, what? 
what are you fucking talking about? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah man. I got a, the fencing gears underneath. It was unbelievable. I was just like, aren't you hot? And he goes, no, no, it's, it's fine. Fine. You know, it's just weird. Sometimes you'll find stuff out about people that you think you really know. Like I, not too long ago, my dad, like I learned, yeah, he was a tap dancer whenever he was a kid. Wow. And I, it's just, you, you were a tap dancer. Yeah. Your grandma made me, made me take tap dance lessons. We had to do recitals and shit. And I it's just, is that a surprise? Yeah. I'm trying to, you know, I mean, he went, they grew up on a ranch and went to school in a one room schoolhouse that my grandmother taught in. I mean, I don't know where the hell they went and got tap dance lessons, but they did. Huh. Was he good? Hell if I know, I doubt it. (laughs) Yeah. Tony used to, Tony had all sorts of, I'm trying to think about anything else that was really, there was something else I thought about, but I can't remember. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, he was a yeah. He did that prank with me, Flavio Morales. It was really kind of, frankly, there was a couple of them that were quite upsetting, to the point where I was just like, "What should I do about this guy, Flavio?" Like, what kind of things was he saying? I don't even want to say it because it's like it's so bizarre. It was like me like this, and you make. I was working in a bakery, and he says you make uh, bread and. A pigeon shit. I've bought bread from you and a pigeon shit on it. And there was like glass in them. It was like, it was some fucking wacko shit. It was just like some on the verge of being like, you know, <laughs> slanderous, libelous shit. And it's just like, yeah, I just wanted to fuck with you. You know, it was like, you know, I found like, you know, glass and a loaf of bread I got from your place. And I was just like, oh my God, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, um, that's great. Yeah, he's a fuck. He's the best. Tony's the man. Um, so we have. Uh, I'm gonna read a couple and see what you think. We have five of the most expensive foods in the world, but that's a, that. We could do that later. Um, man takes venomous snakes home to show children and ends up in the hospital. Yep. <laughs> where, all right. Here's here's the question for you. Where what where is this? Where did this happen? I'm gonna either say Florida. Or Australia, dude, fucking good one. Look at you. Was it a was it a, was it a Florida man? No, it was Australia. Australia. It was Sally was, right. was Australia. So um, <laughs> the guy writes, uh, "This is a learning curve for all of us." Oh, that, that's what the snake expert says. This is a learning curve for all of us, says the snake expert. After a hiker realized he was not well after vomiting violently before being rushed to emergency tre- uh, emergency room. A man was who, who found a snake while hiking out, took it home to show his children, only to be rushed to the hospital after being bitten. The father of the New South Wales, Australia, um, believed the creature was non-venomous diamond python. Then he picked it up and was promptly bitten by the reptile. He took the snake home anyway, assuming the bite had been harmless. And then he realized he was not well when he began violently vomiting, and his hand became badly swollen, triggering an emergency room vit- um emergency room uh, visit a nurse at the uh Balral hospital contacted a snake expert uh, who sent a, uh, a photo of the animal he immediately identified it as a broad-headed snake which injects neurotoxins into the bloodstream when they bite that can lead to inca- incapacitation in some pa- cases death the hiker was extremely lucky to make it out after being bitten and not envenomated envenomated have you heard of envenomated no, that's a nice word. I like yeah, that. I do too. Uh, and being envenomated with no first aid, he could have ended up a lot worse than he did. All species of broadhead snakes have 
uh, bites that could be potentially cause fatalities. Uh, <laughs> so I went to high school with a guy that sold pot. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, he's kind of a weird dude. Yeah. Had, had snakes as pets. Yeah. And he had a puff adder. And do you know what a puff adder is? No. It's, I kind of want to say they're from Australia. I'm not real sure, but it's another, like, real deadly ass snake. And he, of course, he kept his weed in the terrarium or oh, whatever it is God. with his puff adder. Yeah. And thought, you know, and yeah, yeah. this is. It's my, it's my guard system. Right, Nobody's going to get to it. And yeah. inevitably, it, he got bit on the arm and nearly oh. lost it. Jesus Christ. It isn't a bad idea. But I think that you would need to like have like it in like a ball with a cage, and then you like use a fishing rod to get it out or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you get, you get one of those like grabbers. Yeah, you don't want to be and reaching you get your in. out with that, yeah. Oh, that's so stupid. And then when you go to the hospital, and then you say, what? My puff adder bit me? What a dumbass. Yeah, pretty much. And I think it was illegal for him to have the snake in the first place. <sighs> God damn it. These snakes, these snakes, I can't handle it. I cannot handle these snakes. You there? Yeah, my headphones came unplugged for a second. Is that going to fuck stuff up? No, I think we'll be okay. I think ah. we'll be okay. Um, But, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's the whole thing is idiotic. And... Uh, you know. Yeah, I, I caught a, a Mojave rattlesnake, and Mojaves are one of the most aggressive, and this was out in Arizona, we were drinking. Uh, a Mojave is, first off, the most aggressive rattlesnake there is, and then second, it's got both types of, of venom. It's got a neurotoxin, and then it's got whatever, like, the blood toxin is, like the western diamondback rattlesnakes have. Oh, my God. And so it's 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 the most aggressive, and it's the most dangerous, and my junk, drunk ass caught it for whatever reason. What do you... And then, how do you catch them? You have to grab them behind their uh, heads, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I pinned, I pinned its head with a Brandon iron that was in the saddle house and, and grabbed a hold of it. And then what do you do? It just starts to wrap itself around your arm, right? No, not really. Like, I had one hand, hand behind its head and then the other one down by its rattles and, you know, kind of kept it stretched out. And then I think I popped it like a bullwhip to kill it. Oh, jeez. Well, Actually, yeah. I know I did that. Well, there you go. I didn't really know what else to do. Yeah, you can't just throw it without it, like, yeah. grabbing it. Yep. Oh, God. I, I tell you what, snakes, you can keep them. I'm not interested. Even the little garter snakes. Yeah, I'm never... not real thrilled with them. I was never a fan of like grabbing up and showing them and look, look at, cause it, I just think it's fine. God bless no, you. People just, who have snakes as pets, they're all weird. Oh, they're so weird. Actually, we have another snake and story. I'm, we have a good I'm snake sure, story. I'm sure pe that's going to piss people off. The, the ones that keep snakes. Well, how about pets, this? But I well, don't care. This is a good one. Uh, porn stars, pet Python bites partner's penis. You want that one? Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a pretty good one. I'd say. Yeah. Um, uh, here we go. An Australian porn star named Danny DeBello told followers on social media about a recent incident involving her giant pet snake and her male scene partner. Yes, it was, it was as horrific as you might have guessed. Her partner was attacked in the nether regions. I want to introduce you to Betty, she said. Um, she's my central, my cent, my centrillion carpet python. She's eight feet long. I've never had an issue with her biting or anything else until today. The blonde beauty said in a recent Instagram video showing the snake wrapped around her neck. 
DeBallo and her pal had just filmed some sexy content together when things turned, well, the opposite of sexy. So earlier, I had a friend over and we shot a video and we were, do we were finished doing uh, that and we jumped in the shower. Um, but he did mention he wanted to hold my pet snake afterwards, she said. Um, DeBello came out of the shower and placed the snake around her friend's neck before heading back to the bathroom. As she walked away, she heard a massive scream. I turned to see that Betty is now holding on to his private parts and he tried to pull it off of her. He, no, he tried to pull it off. After a few minutes, we got it off and I put her back into the enclosure and there was blood everywhere. So we cleaned that up. After pulling the snake off his penis, she checked to make sure that there was no little teeth left in it because pythons uh, sometimes leave their teeth and things after biting them. So. Yeah, oh, what a shitty examination that would be. Why would he not put some fucking underwear on at the very least? I do want to read, I do want to read some of the comments. One guy named Peter says, Betty the Python wanted to make sure that the hard-on dingling wouldn't be a threat to her. That's awesome. It's Mike, kind of, you know, it's another snake. And then Mike Hunt, nice job, said he was nice. looking for a light snack. Uh, there you go. So, yeah. I, 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 part of me, part of me believes, part of me believes this didn't happen. Part of me believes that, um, yeah, I think that they're trying to come up with a story of why the snake was, scene. why the snake had a mouth in his dick. And I don't think that, I think that this is oh, not. The snake had a mouth in its dick, huh? <laughs> uh, no, the snake had a dick in its mouth. The snake had a dick in its mouth. And they needed to figure out a, a, the proper way to dis, to find out, to explain why. Oh, wait. Yeah. So you're thinking yeah. this was a, the, a conscious decision that we're yeah. going to fuck this snake. Yeah. In its mouth. You're right. Like, yep. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But, I mean, it's just like, if you're naked, what makes you want to pick up a snake? Like, I, I mean, are you just... I don't want to pick up a snake fully clothed. I don't... I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, let's put our clothes on then deal with the snake or no, I want my yeah. dick out while we're going to hang out with the snake. I, I think he was trying on a, uh, a uh, reptile condom is what I think it was. <laughs> I don't necessarily believe this story at all because it's like, if I'm... After you're naked, the first thing you do is put some underwear on or it's something. Well, that's what I... I mean, you get out of the shower... You put underwear on. Or something. A robe. Or a, robe. a towel. I just wrap the towel around you. Yeah, you don't just walk around You don't put wet. a snake on. Don't put a snake on unless, I mean, it's just, I don't know these porn people very well. I Maybe they're used to being naked all the time. But like, Well, after, and that's what I was kind of wondering. I, or, you know, I was thinking along that same, same line of thought of, you know, but at the same time, it's a... Like, I, I'm not going to pick up my dog and pet it while I'm naked. Oh, dude. If you would never pet your dog or cat naked, that's that's bestiality. That's bestiality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not wrong. If you pet an, your pet and you don't have clothes on, that's bestiality. And you need to go to jail. You need to go to jail. <laughs> can't pet a, you can't pet a pet naked. can't pet a pet naked. It's a, that's well, a fucking it's I mean, disgusting. I don't know about saying you can't pet one. Like occasionally my dog will come in whenever I'm getting out of the shower and I'll just reach down. I got a towel around me, but I'll reach down, scratch his head, and then that's I carry, okay. Towel's carry along okay. With my business. But towel's I'm not gonna okay. Pick, I'm not gonna pick him up. No. 
No, no, no. That is outrageous. That is outrageous. If you had a cat and you're buck naked and you pick up your cat, I'm calling PETA. I'm calling. The, I'm calling the ASPCA. I'm calling somebody because you 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 need to go to prison. We've you know? got that mean fucking cat that always leaves dead shit on the front porch and has now started leaving shit on the back and front porch in the same night. I will never be naked around oh, that cat. you can't. Never. You shouldn't. No, of course not. Like, I will not risk it. You, no, you can't. It's impossible. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complete 100%. Uh, it's a violation of not only that animal, but of your own humanity. You can't. Oh, I'm no. just scared that cat's going to try to attack it. There's attack my dick it, like that python did. And what in what position? You no, know, you were explaining how you caught that that snake. Yeah. What position are you in where you're naked and the snake is close enough to grab your dick? Well, didn't she say she put it around its neck, around yeah. the guy's neck? Right. So, how so if far? it's around the guy's neck, it's eight foot long. So we'll say the center of the snake is four foot. I mean, how far? Like that would be. If it's hanging down from your neck, that'd probably be what, like mid thigh. If it's he- was head was hanging yeah. straight down, yeah, a hundred percent. So that's that's not much of a stretch for it to just look over. And no, be but like, I mean, well, but you mean, I'm gonna bite that. Everything, everything about it is torrid, and you know what? These porn people, I don't know enough about them, but it's like number one is I'm not interested in your python, but the other thing is is I'm <laughs> not interested in your python while I'm naked. Like it just everything about it seems yeah. bad. Yeah, you can't wait to put clothes on. Fuck this guy. I, yeah. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy and his dick. I don't Fuck, I don't him. I don't like the I am fully dressed until the moment I go to bed. Like uh-huh. shoes and everything. In case I gotta do something. As soon as I get the, out of the shower, I am fully dressed. Like I get dressed. I don't hang out in my underwear. Oh, me too. And so the idea of just lounging I'm naked? A, lounging naked with a fucking python. I mean, what if you can't sit on you can't sit on your couch naked? Like if you get out of the bathroom and you go to the living room, you can't sit on your couch naked. That's disgusting no. too. I I agree. You know, and there's people that are nudists, and fuck that, they're assholes. You can't sit assholes. on a fucking kitchen a kitchen chair naked. You get the fuck out of here. If I ever no. went to someone's house and then I knew that they sat around on the house naked, I'm not even stepping foot in your house. No, or I mean, if you got to be there, no, no, thank you. I'll stand. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I don't even want to yeah, go. I don't fine. even know. Go in. I'll just wave. I'll wave and say hello, and that's <laughs> it. I'll send you a letter. That's it. Maybe. Pardon me. Do you have some saran wrap to put on this chair? Yeah, please? seriously. You got to wash this. You go. We got to call Rotorooter the brown out, especially after someone. You got to find out if it was after like Brown Friday. No snakes. No nudity. I, I'm a, I'm concerned about your home. Mm-hmm. Um, I killed yeah. a rattlesnake. Uh, on Friday. You did? Yeah. Little bitty one. In the shop. Right by the bathroom in the shop. Oh right by it. God. How many have you killed this year? Oh, shit. Maybe maybe 10. Oh, wow. And one of them was a damn big one. Jesus. Like four and a half foot. What do you do with them when you when you, you just throw them in the grass? or I fling them off into the brush. Well, actually, that's not quite right. Like on bigger ones, I'll, I'll cut the rattles off. I generally always will cut their heads off and bury it. I think I've talked about that before because they can bite for a while after their head has been cut off or after they're dead. Jesus. Uh, so I cut their head off and bury it. And Here's a good story, and you're going to have I a don't quiz. Eat them. What'd you say? 
I don't eat them. Oh yeah, yeah. Why would like you like lots of pe- uh, every time I show a rattlesnake? Oh man, looks like you're having good dinner tonight. Fuck off. She, what the, what no, I'm not. Would, I'm not. Why would, why would you want to eat that? All you know, sometimes rats. you do it. It's like a novelty. You get some people like some out-of-towners or some city folk, some townies out to the ranch, and you happen to kill a snake, you grill it and let them taste how shitty it tastes. Ugh, gross. But oh. other than that, yeah. No. Are but you... how much, how, is it worse than eating escargot? That's a waste of garlic butter sauce, that fucking escargot. All right, so back to, know, in terms like of it. things tasting bad, I, I got a good one for you. A beer brand responds after man is caught urinating in the beer vat. This is a well-known beer, and I want you to try to guess which beer it is. And I want you to think about it. I want you to be a little bit, aggr- be a little bit like thoughtful in regards to your decision, and I think that you could find this, figure out which beer. So Chinese, uh, I, I fucked up already. A, a, a beer Chinese. brand responds to a, a man filming, filmed, who was filmed urinating in beer vats. You I think said, I fu- you, you I think said I Chinese. I don't, know, I don't know if I know any Chinese beer. You, have you heard of Sing Tao? Nope. T-S-I-N-G-T-A-O. That's a pretty famous... Like, you go to a Chinese restaurant in New York, and you get a beer, you get a, a Ching Tao. It's like, a, it's like a Bud, the Budweiser of China, I think. All right. So, uh, Ching Tao... Ching Tao... I would not have come up with that. If it, I was going to say Paps. I, that would have been a surprise. That would have been a bigger story, I think, in, in general. So, Sing Tao, which is great. It's fine beer. Perfectly fine. I mean, if you like Budweiser, Heineken, that kind of stuff. Sing Tao, has, which described itself as the sixth largest global beer maker. Sixth largest global beer maker saw shares tumble after video of the incident emerged online. A man was seen urinating into a vat of Sing Tao at the Sing Tao Beer Factory. With the brand now opened a pro, uh, now the brand opened a probe into the incident. The video shows a man dressed in a hard hat and a blue overalls climbing down into the malt container at the Chinese beer factory, unzipping his trousers and relieving himself. Sing Tao, which describes itself as the sixth largest global uh, beer market, say uh, they have sealed all batches linked to the incident. They said in a statement, our company attaches highest importance to the, uh, to the relevant video that emerged from the brewery on uh, October 19th. We reported the incident to the police at the earliest opportunity uh, at present, the batch of malt in question has been completely sealed. The company continues to strengthen its management procedures and ensure uh, the product quality. A source um, told the local uh, news outlet that the man filmed is not a Sing Tao employee, but a loader hired by a third-party labor supplier. However, the incident damaged Sing Tao, and the shares of the Shanghai Stock Exchange dropped by 1% on Friday and by 7.5% Monday morning. Uh, the users on Weibo. Weibo is the, I think, the Chinese version of uh, uh, Twitter, uh, where the video was originally posted on Thursday, mocked the situation, and the guy goes, it's a good thing I don't drink beer, but it's unimaginable this brand is finished because of this one. I've always said that, uh, I always said that their beer tastes like horse pee. It turns out I was wrong. No. Go ahead. You know, what led this guy to do this? I like mean, that's the real story. I, I, I don't know. I'd like to know. I and then how much? How much? If he was just pissing in the malt, like that's a dry good, right? At that stage, isn't it? I guess. Wouldn't you be able to just kind of, I don't know, scoop up? What's there? 
I mean, they, they did the right thing. They spray a little Lysol on the floor? They did. I think that they did the right thing, but I think that there's a mentality that a lot of sociopaths have where they feel they need part of themselves out in the world. And I think that this was a total act of, um, I want, I want this, I want myself to be part of this product. You know, I, I, no, I can't think of anything no. else. He'd have jerked off on it. <laughs> yeah, but you're not getting as much volume. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know? It's fucking crazy. I, I, I feel like he'd, he'd, have, he'd have jerked off if, if he really wanted to, like, be a part of it. I, I, I think that people do things in this way, and I, it's almost like... I, it's surprising that it wasn't an American who did this. Like, that that's the biggest surprise. Like, I would think that law enforcement in China is, like... This guy isn't getting his Miranda rights read to him. He's getting his fucking shit kicked in. You know, I think he... I, I, think, would, I would think security would be a whole lot more lax. Than oh, dude. I would that think that this guy is getting his brains beaten in. Before, oh, for, now, definitely. For 100%. But uh, it is amazing what people do. You know, so... We have... Uh, we have a restaurant charges an extra 40 pounds to adults unable to parent their children. Who's that? Fuck yes. <laughs> uh, wait a uh, second. You know, I love that idea. Hold on a second. I think I lost it. Uh, oh, I think I fucking lost. I, I, hold on one second. I, I wanna, I'll find it. Um, if my kids acted to a point like that bad, I'm just leaving. Like, I'll pay and we'll leave. Like, we'll box our shit up. We're going. Lady, take them um, out to the truck. I'll meet you out there. Uh, hold on one second. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I accidentally didn't uh, add it. I was, uh, canoe, weird news. Uh, it's funny because I, when I was reading it, all I could think of is uh, how... Who's the person who has to tell the parents they're getting charged? Um, here it is. I got it in a second. Um, it's hilarious because I just uh, hold hold what you got. So the funny th that's the funny thing about. Uh, uh, okay, here it is. I found it. Oh my god, I can't believe I found it. So bad parents. Uh, the um, oh, this isn't in Europe. This isn't in this isn't in Europe. This is fucking Georgia. Uh, the. Yeah, a yeah. Riverside the the Riverside restaurant in Blue Ridge Mountains, rural Georgia, has apparently implemented the fee as a response to misbehave young diners in their unconcerned parents. The fee, which is charged at the restaurant's discretion, as the right of the restaurant is is right on the restaurant's bill, and it's called adult surcharge for adults unable to parent uh, to parent. When the photo of it appeared on Reddit, its existence led to a debate whether or not the restaurant was being charged a fee for... Have they been charged... The restaurant has been apparently charging the fee for some time. Uh, what it is deemed as an adult who can't parent, no grounds to charge extra if they were to happen. Uh, another said, uh, just say no to kids. Kids can be annoying, but they're unpredictable because they're kids. Others have left uh, Google reviews of uh, and they've claimed they've been dinged by bad parenting, the bad parenting fee. The owner came out and told me he was adding $50 to my bill because of my children's behavior. 
My kids watched a tablet until the food arrived. They ate their food and my wife took them outside while I waited to pay the bill and I was disappointed by the experience. Don't go if you have children, wrote Rodrigo Rivera. We were three adults, two children, and our four-month-old baby. And since we entered the place, they gave us a bad look. Later, my wife was rocking the baby, who's not crying, just making him, trying to make him sleep. And the manager told her that you don't, uh, told her that you don't do that in a fancy restaurant. Uh, of course, this is not a fancy restaurant. And later moved our stroller in a bad way. Food is not going, is, the food isn't good. Do yourself a favor. Go somewhere else. Um, yeah. So, I don't. I don't disagree with this. Um, it's weird. Um, I. I. The weirdest part is. Is the weirdest part is. Is I just don't understand who would. I just don't understand which waiter has to be the one to drop the fucking bill. Like all of a sudden, the the, the manager I, didn't it say the manager's got a bit. Came out and did it. I guess, but it's like the whole thing is just like so bizarre because it's like, what is the definite? Because then you're also starting a fight. You know, it's like you're all, all you're already, you know, I'm charging you extra fifty dollars, extra fifty dollars because you can't take care of your kids. Because your now, kid's an asshole. And then all of a sudden, the problem is, is like, a person will say, "Well, I'm not paying that." And then all of a sudden, now you have an issue about your bill, and then maybe they, you know the police get involved and. Everything about it is just like, it's such a pain in the ass, you know? You know, if, if it's a known thing that you're going there and this is an option and you get dinged with the, uh, the adult charge, you knew going into this that this could happen. Now, if they never told anybody, didn't have it posted, didn't have it in the, on the menu or anywhere, and they just said, you're getting charged 50 extra dollars, then fuck off. I'm not paying that. I wouldn't have to pay it anyways because my kids are fantastic in a restaurant. I don't. I but don't, it, you've got to be upfront about it. See, the thing is, is no matter where it is, no matter where it is, even if it's on the menu or if it was told by the waiter, you're already creating. However, it is, you're creating a very unpopular experience, and I'm not a hundred percent sure it's worth the fifty dollars. You know. I think that the move would be is maybe if it's a place I can imagine that you're not taking reservations, maybe that they'll have something ahead of, ahead of you going there. Maybe otherwise, if you sat down, the waiter said, all right, by the way, if you got kids, I know if your kids don't behave themselves, we got to charge you 50 bucks. I'm already being like, what? What are you talking about? I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm not doing that. And some kids are bananas and some parents don't get it. I, there's That's the one thing that, that it's crazy. And the older I get, I'm more surprised about is there are more people who are completely unhinged by the behavior of their children. Like they don't, they don't understand at all. Like you mean that like they don't recognize that their child is acting like a no, shit or they, that at, at Lila's school, for the every year we were at some play or a concert or an event or a whatever there would be someone who'd bring their infant and these things are an hour and a half long two hours long or whatever and the infant would cry and the parent wouldn't have the wherewithal to take the kid and bring them out of the theater like they just would they would just say to themselves they would just think that this is what this is what you get start giving them a bill I mean, I, I don't think, I think that people would Excuse be me, shocked. Sir. I came to watch this play. I had to listen to your baby cry for an hour and a half. 
give me fifty dollars, please. I, I I just don't see I don't see it going well for anybody. Like I almost feel like if I was the restaurateur, I would be like, I would maybe take the person aside and be like, listen, you you're I'll tell you a fucking crazy story. I'll tell you a fucking I, crazy story that I hated was we were at at the restaurant I was at Alva. There was a imagine a, a back wall and there were like. 10 two seat tables against the wall. So there was one long banquette and then there were like two tops. So the, the, you know, somebody would have their back against the wall and then there are two top. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying, right? I don't know what happened, but this woman and this guy were in the middle of the the middle of the, of the banquette. The woman was at the seat and the man was facing no, the man was sitting on the banquette with his back to the wall and the woman was, uh, you know, in the middle of the restaurant facing. She picked up her glass and threw the contents, but like she, she like flicked her arm in this like radial motion and she got the table on one side, she got the guy and she got the table on the other side. So she got every she got she fucking got three she got not only her guy but the guy on either side of her. So I was like, I mean, I was so shocked that I was so shocked that I went up and she stormed off, and then all of a sudden the guy on the left turns to me and he says to me, "I want him to pay my dinner bill." He was covered in whatever whatever whiskey it was, and then the guy on the other side overheard it. And his wife said, he's getting them to pay. He's getting them to pay. You do the same thing. The, then another guy, and then the guy in the middle who got whacked is like trying to clean himself off. Hard, humiliated, obviously. You don't really, you see that in like Moonstruck. You don't really see that in, you see that in movies. Yeah. So, the, so then the guy on the other side waves me over and he's and sheepishly says, yeah, I want him to pay for my dinner too. So I now have to go to this guy who got fucking blasted and I have to explain to them because both these people now are saying it's my fault. Now the, the woman that flung the drink, she got up and left. She fucked her way off. She fucked her way off. And all of a sudden now I have to tell this fucking guy, I don't know what happened, but the people on either side want you to pay their bill. And you're talking like, let's just say this is 2001, maybe a hundred bucks per table. So not only does he have to pay for his bill, he got to pay another 200 bucks because these people are pissed. Well, he doesn't have to. Well, all of a sudden now it's my problem. So I remember having to tell him like, look, I'm really sorry that this happened, but the people on either side of you feel that you need to pay for their bill. And the guy was bought that guy a drink. And the guy was like, I got it. Just give it to me. He wasn't going to fight. He was already humiliated. And I'd have gone the complete opposite route. Look, son, buddy, let me buy you one. You, you look like you need it. I did not have the wherewithal to think of anything other than my own anxiety. Yeah. And that I couldn't, I, I wanted everybody out. No, <laughs> I, I mean, wanted I mean, everybody if I, out. If I was one of the other people sitting next to him, I'd have, I'd have fuck, man. You all right? 
Have a beer. Oh, dude, it, they got like everybody saw money, and one guy says, "I want him to pay for my meal," and then the I could see the fucking gear spinning, and the, oh, he's getting him to pay. He's getting him to pay. You do the same thing, uh, Bradley. You do the same thing, and the guy was like, oh, "Jesus Christ!" You know, I didn't even get that much on me, and I was like, "You're making me do the fucking impossible," and I felt terrible for the guy, but I wanted, I really wanted everybody to leave, and I felt like it was turning into a fucking free for all. Closed. It was like a free you know, fall, and it was just like, ah, God, why are you making me do this to this poor fucking guy? Going back to the kid deal and having to pay for it, I am petrified of having my children act like shit in public. Like, we went yeah. to the lady's aunt's wedding, and the boy was little bitty, and he started crying pretty quickly in the wedding. So we, he and I just got up and left. Like, I went and sat in the truck. Yeah. I mean, I, I know how annoying other people's kids are whenever they're acting like sh- shit in public, and I'm just terrified of people thinking that, that way about my kids. Oh. The, and so I will do anything to avoid that. The worst thing that ever happened was when, we were, when Lila was very, very young. We flew to Mexico with our family, and she had an ear infection, and on our descent to LaGuardia, she fucking, she was miserable and she was howling. She was in terrible, terrible pain. And people were fucking not happy with us. And then her her grandmother started crying. She felt so bad. And it was just like, I was just like, I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm really so sorry. There's nothing I, you can do. I mean, there's nothing I you can do. I probably would have ended up spending $1,000 buying the, the other traveler's beer. We had to get Let out of that fucking drink. thing. I'm we had sorry. to just like we had to like it was holding her and it was didn't and we tr- couldn't do. I mean, nothing was working, and that was the only time I was just like I felt terrible. But it was just you like, know, and that's that's sort of an extenuating circumstance, and you're stuck. There's nowhere you can go. Right. You're doing the best you can, right. and it's just awful. But when people are just their They're, kids are acting like shit, you know. You're in Georgia, and Billy Bob brings a possum into the restaurant. <laughs> Dude, you got to fucking go, and you got to pay for that. Oh, God. I swear to God. I swear to God. It is terrible. It is terrible. But um, there are some... I have some other stories for you. Oh, here's another one. Here's a good one. Have you heard of this guy? This man fakes heart attacks to avoid paying for food in Spain. Yeah. Did you hear about this guy? Yeah, I did. All right. So this guy... Uh, if a man who fakes heart attacks to score free meals ever returns to the restaurant, he's swindled, he'll surely be dead to them. A 50-year-old man from Lithuania has been thrown in jail for faking at least 20 heart attacks in restaurants in Spain in a bid to avoid paying for food. Jail time was served after the man failed to pay a pair of fines related to the ridiculous dining and dashing. Um... The man repeated most of these restaurants in Costa Blanca. One restaurant owner said the man would order several glasses of white label whiskey to wash down a Russian salad before faking a heart attack. The expat has been jailed for 42 days after refusing to pay his fines. The restaurant owner had reportedly planned on finding a joint complaint that would land the the man in jail for two years. Fucking Such an asshole. What an asshole. it, It just seems like, it just seems like, it's just too much effort. Like, yeah, hell yeah. God, can you imagine? Did you hear about the Chinese guy that was dating like fifty women, and he told them all a different birthday, and so they he was getting like one birthday present a week. Oh my god! They all found out about it. 
Oh my god! <laughs> I, 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 th- these whole things—it's like George Costanza from Seinfeld. You know, it's just like it just seems like it's all too much work. Like it's so much work. It's too much work. Can you imagine having to fake? You know how much hard it is to have people believe you're in pain and you just don't give up. You just fucking. <laughs> You just fucking go with it. It's for, for like how much could it possibly be? The guy buys some five drinks. Let's just say the bill is like sixty bucks. If it's just him, because obviously he doesn't go. No. He's not doing this with somebody else. If somebody else is with him. There's just no way they're sitting through the twenty meals of this bullshit. Because <laughs> all of a sudden it's just like I gotta go to the hospital twenty times. So like he's Do obviously you right. He went to the hospital every time. I guess. Or I did mean, he just oh. I can make it to the hospital. Let me sh- see myself out. I, they didn't say that. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you do 20 ambulance rides or are you just like trying to, you know, get it out the door? It's crazy. I mean, it is a crazy concept, but it's just like you just you think to yourself, all right, let's. I mean, when you think you're on vacation, let's just go. Like when we were in Spain, we walked past places. This place looks like a fun place to have dinner. Let's have dinner here. Your plan is to eat and then go. You know, your plan yeah. isn't just to like, let's make a whole production about this over, you know, 50 euros. It just seems well, like. Well, and at times it's just amazing how much effort people will put into being lazy or cheap. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, uh, there are some things that I've seen that are extremely lazy and it's like, holy shit, that was so much. That was so much work to do nothing. I once, uh, a supermarket opened up by us and they'd have these coupons. And I read this article about how you can save like $100 off your grocery bill if you clip on the coupons. Ah, the super couponers. I spent one time, I spent probably like 25 minutes clipping coupons and I had this wad of coupons. And then you take the coupons and then you have to find the right thing and then you put them in your cart and you're and then you're showing up to the cart and the woman's rolling her eyes cuz you got this fucking wad of coupons. And at the end of it you're just like I saved, you know, 25 bucks and I'm just like it was not worth it. It was not worth yeah, the 25 I, I, bucks. You'd rather spend $25 to just get in and get out. I'm not doing this again. Have you seen good. the? Have you seen like the super couponers? No. Where they'll get their like they will go and get a thousand dollars worth of groceries, and they the grocery store will end up paying them like ten dollars. Oh my god! I mean, I, they take it to the next level, and it, you know, it's some of these people like that's their fucking job. You know, I guess they're a stay at home mother. Like this is how I'm going to contribute. I'm going to get all their fucking groceries free, and which that's not nothing when it comes down to it these days i was a metal scrapper for one day one day <laughs> i lost my job and i was just like well i have all this extra steel i might as well bring it to the local scrapyard you know you fill the car up you get on the scale they weigh the car you dump all the steel and then they weigh your car again and they give you money so i happened to have all these old radiators that i was just like i know they're gonna it's a lot of weight and it's all they you know get some money out of them so i loaded up like six radiators into the car i had to get them from the basement with the can truck and it fucking every one of them was like 250 pounds yeah and I loaded them into the car and then i got and a friend of mine had another radiator i went to his house i got his radiator i ended up with like seven radiators went to the scrap yard i don't know how many you know i weighed me unloaded the fucking radiators and then i went to the office and they gave me like 
I don't know, seventy-five $7. bucks, seventy-five oh, bucks. And I thought I could be a scrapper, and then I was like, I feel like shit. I'm not doing this every. It's not worth it. It is not yeah. worth it. I'm not doing it. And uh, that's the only time I ever was just like, oh, this fucking sucks. Oh, I've got thousands of pounds of rolled up barbed wire from old fences around this place. And it's not even worth me loading them up and driving a damn reel to scrap them. Yeah. Like, I've, I've looked at them for years. I hate seeing them. But it's not like it's, it's going to cover fuel. It's, it's, it's not even worth doing it. It's, there's so many of these little get-rich scheme thing, get-rich-quick schemes. Yeah. That you just think like, well, if I just do it right. I remember my sister was huge in eBay when it first started. And she was she had a bookstore. She owned a bookstore. And then she started to realize that she could sell a lot of the books on eBay. And she liked it. And she created like this. She did a template and she figured out how to do it. And she was making, one year she said she made $30,000 for the company on eBay, which is not nothing she set herself up and she showed me how to do it. And I started selling comic books and all my old comic books is sort of fishing lures and stuff like fishing reels. And, um, if you don't set yourself up, right, it's such a huge fucking commitment and a pain in the ass. Yeah. And she just got sick of it. She's just like, it's just, and then the people are like, well, what's the condition and what's the, and it was like, it's just to make a buck doing eBay yeah. or all this stuff. It's just not worth it. Well, I told you my mother was doing that. She oh, was yeah. going around to thrift stores and buying clothes, and the bigger the better, and then selling them on eBay. And, you know, she'd sell like one circus tent size moo moo for $75. <laughs> yeah, it's just bringing it back to the guy, it's just like, at what point is it worth it or not? Like, what's, <sighs> and what's your cutoff? What's your cutoff for the heart attack? Like, at some point, if you guys had like three scotches and a fucking white Russian, are they really going to think he had a heart attack or he's just like, no. you know, just drunk? I don't know. I don't fucking like it. Well, the guy has obviously got zero shame. No, zero shame. Zero shame. Zero. I mean, what would he not do to get a free meal? What? Nothing. If he's willing to do that repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. I bet he'd let a python eat on his dick most likely yeah most likely he is definitely sitting on a couch picking up a cat <laughs> when he's out of the shower <laughs> motherfucker he's got no problems like, what's the problem what's the problem yeah what's the problem I see nothing wrong here yeah i see nothing wrong here pick up a cat no problem after he's been out of the no. litter box he's got a little bit of litter on his feet no problem <laughs> i mean no hey no, no, we can drink out of the same water bottle it's no problem <laughs> fucking he's naked i'm naked and fine that's the least of your problems. Uh, yeah. Okay, we have funeral worker accused of tampering with dead man's sex doll, and he's fired from the job. We have... I'm, I'm, I'm a little... Yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah, this was a weird one. I read this one. Sometimes I have to... The guy looks like... I mean, the guy looks like he'd done this. A Nebraska funeral worker was arrested and immediately fired from a job after being accused of tampering with a dead man's sex doll. Um... According to court documents obtained by a police officer, uh, were called to an apartment building in Omaha, in Omaha after a man died of natural causes. The photo of the scenes were taken by a coroner. The man's family was notified of his death and the mortuary services uh, so-and-so contacted to collect the body from a bed to take to the morgue. 
According to court records, beside the body was a sex doll described as a very real life-size version of an adult female. Two employees of the uh, mortuary place made comments about the doll before the body was removed from the unit. Authorities allege that one of the two workers came back to the building later that day and asked to collect the sex doll on behalf of the police so it could, quote, be swabbed for a biopsy. The building's management refused to allow the worker back into the apartment. The police were then called about the odd request by the body transporter after the man threatened to get a search warrant. So the guy is now, he wanted to go in and then he tried to pretend like he was a police officer to get a search warrant. The manager told that she feared that he was going to return to the complex and break in and steal the doll, the investigator wrote in the court document. Despite being refused entry to remove the doll, the man was already inside the unit with the door locked and his pants disheveled, according to the arrest affidavit. Investigators returned to the unit and found the scene was disturbed. Uh, the scene was disturbed. The doll appeared to have been altered near her thigh area and a box was in the closet, was found in the bed beside the doll. Court documents stated that something had rubbed her inner thighs um, and it was sticky to the touch. The doll was sticky to the touch. Uh, so-and-so and such-and-such was arrested after charged with burglary, criminal trespassing, and tampering with physical evidence. The owner of the uh, mortuary place said he was made, made of the man's arrest, uh, made aware of the man's arrest hours later. He was not on the clock after the incident occurred, and it was immediately terminated following his arrest. That must have been a sexy-ass sex doll. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. Well, Jeff, I got to return a phone call about what we talked about before the show started. Well, then I'm going to say goodbye. We'll do this again. No, I, it'll it'll be quick. I'll okay. come back. Okay, all right. So let me so let me do a couple. We're gonna we're gonna finish this off. We'll finish this off. I'll take care of it. You just mute mute your mic, and I'll get you squared away. So, guys, here's what I want you to do. And I wouldn't normally say this. Um, I've started an only. I, I've started a Patreon. It's called go to faderknives.com and buy something. I'm not doing Patreons where I'm asking for money. If a lot of people say some want to support the podcast by doing all sorts of things, and what I found is that the way that you can help support this podcast is number one is help support the sponsors of the podcast and use their podcast you know use their equipment buy their stuff send them messages thanking thanking them for sponsoring full blast or if you want to sponsor me directly you can go to faderknives.com buy a hat buy a watch cap buy a t-shirt when we have them in stock you want to buy a knife i ain't stopping you and we'll get you squared away so that is that we're very uh everything's been we have a lot of stuff on the website and fader knives is that's it that's patreon and if you don't want to support me it's fine too you want to spread the word by saying nice things about the podcast sharing the podcast on your stories saying um sharing the post telling your friends i would appreciate it 100 and um i really appreciate all the nice kind words i've been getting i've been getting a lot of nice kind words from listeners and um it's appreciated. Are you back? All right, he's almost there. So that said, I think it's important to just say 
that this podcast and Knife Talk and the other podcasts are we're here for you and we're just trying to you know keep you company in in times of need or or everything else. You back, my brother? I'm back. I'm All back. Right, Things are good. All right, good. Things are good is good. That's what I like to hear. All right, so back to the story. Funeral worker. Yeah. Shows up, man's dead, sees the sex doll, decides. Give me a piece of that. Give me a piece of that. The biggest issue is he's already he's already made enough of a scene that he's he's a suspect from stem to stern. They're gonna find this guy, you know. Yeah. And I don't. I don't seem to understand why somebody would want to is stupid is stupid enough to make a scene with the manager of the building complex, including saying, I'll get a search warrant. It makes no sense. I would like to see this character. Can you send me the link to the to I'm the story? sending it to you right now? And just do me a favor and don't say anything that I would say, which would be, uh, I sent it to you. This is a man who looks like he's looking for a used sex doll. That's the other thing. This isn't an out-of-the-box, this is not an out-of-the-box sex doll. This is a used sex doll. And I... <laughs> don't say what I know you're going to say because you I know what you're going to say. Don't say it. You know what I know what you're going to say. <laughs> All right. You know what I know you're going to say. I, don't just don't just hold back. Hold back from I what, can, I can do that. Yeah, you know what I'm I, I know that you know that I know that you know what this dude looks like and it's probably He's older than I expected. Well, his eyes I are very expected. close together. Yes, they are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. Once again, it's people not seeing the big picture. <laughs> They're not seeing the potential, uh, how the decisions that they make affect their lives later. Okay, we talked about whenever you were younger. You were fifteen, right? And the links that you were going to go through, yeah, to continue to get to fool fool around, yeah, with a real person, right? I there were no the witnesses. Links, the links that this man went through to fuck a piece of rubber, yeah, is insane. Is is unreasonable? Is unreasonable. Another man's, another man's another sex doll. Another man's piece of rubber. Another man's sex doll. You're willing to threaten someone. <laughs> You're willing to threaten the manager of a, a car, apartment complex. You're willing to break into apartment complex, them knowing it was you. There is not a long list of sus. This is not the Pink Panther. <laughs> this isn't like a fucking. The, this isn't <laughs> Flavio Morales. Nobody knows who he is. Yeah. This is you. You were the only one allowed in. No mask, threatening to go in, and you, the door's busted open, and you're in there with your pants down around your ankles. He's got no idea None. when the last time the rubber doll was used. Right, 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 right. 
This is like... This is like burning... You're on the middle of a bridge and you decide to burn both sides at the same time. You're not (laughs) thinking your escape out. You're not thinking your escape out. You know what I would have done? All to have sex with a doll. Let me tell you the right way to go about this. Tell you the right way to go about this. Guy shows up. He's removing this dead person. He's probably, you know, used to it. Probably seen a lot of dead people. Uh Uh-huh. He notices this dead, this, this rubber doll, which I would imagine, I would imagine that the dead guy, probably an older gentleman, most likely didn't manicure this doll so it looked its best. Right? Like, you're not, if you have a sex doll, you're, and it's in your room, and you're probably like, it's just you in there. You're not like, you're not making the sex doll presentable. Right? Oh, I disagree. You think so? You think so? Oh, when you're yeah. Knowing no one's going to come into your house, you think you're going to no, like? If you, if, I mean, if you got, if you're getting, getting yourself a very real life-size version of an adult female, as the article says, right? You're taking care of that shit. Howard Stern recently was. They were talking about when they had the real doll, and they were saying it's they're like the weight. It's dead weight, and it's they're very very heavy. And in order to clean the, and what they suggest you do, and, and he was talking about how what they suggest you do if you want the real experience, is you bathe it in warm water to get it to body temperature. All right, yeah. He yeah. said it was so goddamn heavy, nobody is doing any of that. Nobody's doing any of that because it's just like it's just such a production just to have sex with a rubber doll. There's just no way, and. The hilarious part is, is you just like the guy comes in, you know, the fucking thing is a disheveled wreck. You know, anybody who's an old guy. Oh, I, I, I still, I, I disagree with Howard Stern. If you're the person buying that doll, there's a reason why you're buying that doll. And I think you're going to take care of it. And you want to like, you're, you're going through all, you're going the whole nine yards, but you're not bathing it every single time to clean it out. You're not like trying to get it to room temperature. I'd always sort of assumed that, like, they had a removable, like, a removable snatch that could be cleaned out. Oh, and then you just shove it in the microwave when you want to warm yeah, up? Yeah, like, I, I, I just sort of assumed that that's how those things work. I don't think so, man. I, well, maybe, maybe. I don't, I wouldn't know. But, uh, so getting back to the guy. Guy walks in, takes care of the thing, corner of his eye, sees this fucking real doll. What you do is, when your other friend is gone, maybe you try to find the make and model. And then you go home or you get a good memory shot of it. And then, because you know what? If you're probably trying to find the make and model of this thing, you're probably already going to get fired. Like if somebody's like, you're tampering with this situation of like some guy sees you doing it, you're probably going to get fired anyway. Maybe you take a mental screenshot and then you go online and you try to like find something similar. But Uh obviously the guy didn't want to pay for it. I'd go about it completely different. Go ahead. If I was him, go and ahead. I've got also, I've got another thought on it too. Go ahead. If I was wanting to fuck this doll, yes, I would return later, and I'd draw myself up some sort of official-looking paper, and I'd go to the manager of the apartment complex, and I'd say, "Hey, I got to pick this thing up." Says right here, old Tommy wanted to be interred with his fucking sex doll, wow. so I gotta, I gotta take this with me. Wow, that's a that's a that's a brazen move too. Because what if the two person says this is weird? 
I, yeah, it is. It, yeah, you fucking hey, it's weird. What kind of pervert wants to be buried with a sex doll? Yeah. But it's what he wanted. So you're, so you're do doubling it. down. You're not doing the threat. You're just trying to come up with some, like, fraudulent paperwork. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, like heavy Sounds duty. Way more, but yeah. then how are you? Are you talking to someone saying, what does this kind of look like? Are you, you can, then all of a sudden, you can't ask no, anyone for help. No, because then, then you're, you're doing this oh. at the behest of somebody who is dead and can't argue with what you're saying. I see. I see. So you just show back up and say, hey, I got to gather this fucking weird thing up. This shitbag wants to be buried with it. I'm going to take it with me. So his and mistake, what are they going to say? Well, his mistake was getting hot and bothered and like starting to threaten the manager. Right? I mean, that was his, his mistake. His mistake is wanting to fuck a dead person. <laughs> is what it comes down to. And scene. That's it. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, that's got to be why he wanted it. And to throw and, your and life why away. He went, I, he wanted to fuck a dead person. He wanted to fuck a dead doll, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not even saying doll. Uh, maybe. I mean, that probably wasn't his only, uh, his only thing. You know? I wouldn't think so. All right, let's hit one more thing. I'm gonna give you some. I'm gonna give you some choices, and then you decide what you want to do. I'm a teacher by day and a furry by night, and here's why you shouldn't judge me. That's one. Uh, theft of two million dollars in dimes from a truckload of coins from the U.S. Mint leaves four facing federal charges. Two million dollars in dimes, and a lot of we. Way to move. We also have fully exposed couples busted for having sex on the road and police looking for reported human remains find a plastic skull beer bong instead, which is a trick-or-treat. And then... Um, I'm going to have to go with the furry thing. Oh, yeah, you're my guy. That's why, that's you why, you, you, that's why you're the best, the best person to have on this fucking show. That's the one I would go to as well. Uh, okay, so I did not know of furries at all until yeah. year before last. Yeah. And I was at Travis Wirtz's Hammer Inn. The whole thing was done. We're yeah. all hanging out. We're drinking beer. I'm talking to William Brigham. Right. And then there's this other guy there, and somehow the subject of furries comes up. And it, the dude's like, yeah, my my girlfriend, like, give me a picture of your wife, and I'll have her do a nice furry picture for you. I'm like, that's... That's a little bit too much of an offer. Yeah. I'm going to pass on this. Right. But then it led down the whole rabbit hole of furries. And I've just sort of just uh, like it. It's a car wreck thing. Like I'm fascinated by it. Salt Lake City school teacher is speaking out about her true passion about being a furry. Uh, when she's not helping shape the next generation of a classroom, she dresses up in a homemade costume and identifies as a Dutch angel dragon. In her interview on Friday, she revealed that she has been hiding her Fursona. Fursona. That's what they call it when they're a furry. It's their, not our persona, but their fursona. Due to the negative, uh, she revealed that she's been hiding her fursona due to her the negativity that surrounds the subculture. Furries famously enjoy being dressed up as cartoonish animals, sometimes as sexual fetish, but most often as a fun escape and, it, and estimates that at a time, 250,000 people in the United States identify as furries. Um, I don't talk very much about it. It just, uh, there's an unfortunately uh, a negative connotation of the hobby. Uh, the crafty school teacher, I just lost it for a second. The crafty school teacher had even makes costumes for fellow furries and sells them online for $1,200 a pop. That's pretty good. 
Yeah. I picked up a hobby in the winter 2020, but ever since I was 12, I've done cosplay and I make costumes. I've always made clothes for myself. My mom taught me how to sew every day, so I uh, challenged myself online looking at how I make uh, other people make things. The teacher said she uh, initially thought furries were really weird and avoided labeling herself as such even though she loved dressing up as animals. Now in Utah, the Utah native says she's finally embracing the label and has found a courage to go to public. I began to reflect on myself and realized that I was probably a furry because I wanted to be in costume. So I dove in, made myself a character, and I just wanted to give it a try. And now here I am. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. So, well, uh, a, a, a Dutch angel dragon. Yeah doesn't look like what i expected mm. last year the furry subculture hit headlines after a michigan school district was forced to deny reports that they put a litter box in one of the bathrooms for kids who identify as furries <laughs> early this year a japanese man became the world's most famous furry after revealing he dressed up as a dog named Tok toko remember we talked about that guy oh yeah oh yeah we question whether he was happier than the woman who was so cheap and she only ate cat food. And we've decided that he's the happiest. Oh, yeah. um, while many assume that uh, the members of the furry subculture engage in sexual practices, strange sexual practices, or bizarre be uh, behavior, most furries dress up as animals as an innocent escape that fosters creativity and community. It's a shame that furries feel community still endures some negative media portrayals um our public misconceptions as deviants because the truth is remarkably and resilient uh, this remarkable and resilient community is far more interesting dr sharon roberts associate professor in ontario says uh in an interview you know of all the things that are weird that we've discussed on this yeah like the furry thing that's pretty harmless this really. is this this was a much more harm harmless story the, the the I think that the problem is is people want you to take them seriously. You know? You could just say that, you know, if you just said I once in a while I'll dress up in like a oh, I have another fuck I have a furry story. Actually you just don't tell anybody. Yeah, or just like make a big thing. I I was a, 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 I was fired. This might be the story to leave the whole show on. I was fired as being a school mascot. When I was in high school, this is an excellent story. It's a perfect story to end this right. podcast, and it will save this story. So I went to a school, and the mascot was a, a brown, uh, was a black panther. We were the Panthers, and I was a senior, and I was friends with the. I was friend. I played so on the. So you're a whole bunch of uh, preppy white kids at a private school, and y'all are the Black Panthers. Well, it wasn't the Black Panthers; just the Panthers. It just happened to be black. All right. It wasn't right. like, I mean, there were, it was a, believe it or not, it was a very diverse school. We had a lot, it All wasn't right. just a bunch of white kids. Trust me. It was very, very diverse. So I was, I had been on the varsity soccer team. I was friends with the, 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 the gym coaches and the, the, the basketball team was going to a, uh, like a championship at Hunter college. And they said to me, Hey, would you mind being the Panther for the, for the high school, for the varsity basketball team? And I was just like, sure. Why not? Because all my friends were on the on the on the uh, basketball team, so and it was, you needed a tall guy to be in it. And I, I put the costume on, and it was it was fine. It was one hundred percent fine. What I realized was that if you take the tail and stick it between your legs, it's the first thought I had. It looks like a giant penis, <laughs> and and if you run around with it between your legs, 
you can really pretend to be masturbating in this costume. And my friends thought it was really funny. And I thought it was really funny. So we're at the game. It was, I was running up and down the sidelines. I was waving and I was being the Panther. There was no, there was just the, our team. There weren't any parents there. There weren't, it was, I mean, on our, on our side, there weren't any parents there. There was the coach. And I don't know what came over me, but in the middle of, you know, psyching everybody out, I took the tail, stuck it between my front legs, had the tail out, looked like a big dick, and I ran up and down the court jerking off in this Panther costume. I swear to God. And the coach said, hey, Fates, get your ass over here. And he says, you're out. You're out. Kick the fucking costume off. And he he was like this little, he, his name was a, I don't know if I can say his name, but he used to call me Fades, and he had this kind of like, he sounded like uh, Andrew Dice Clay. And he said, hey, Faye. He called me Faye. That's right. He called me Faye. Hey, Faye, get that fucking thing off. You're out. You're out, Faye. And I took that. I said, what's the problem? He says, hey, Faye, you can't be jerking off in front of the guys. Come on. You can't. This is a basketball. I didn't tell you to wear the Panther costume. I didn't tell you to jerk it off up and down the court. What the fuck? And he's lit me up. But it was lit, lighting me up in like the most non-prep school way. It was just like, what the fuck? I asked you to do one thing. All I asked you to do is be the Panther. And you got to walk around the fucking court with, with his tail between your legs. You're jerking off. What's the matter with you, street rat? He called me street rat. <laughs> So there was no punishment. I had to take the costume off. I had to take the costume off. They wouldn't let me out again. And uh, there was no... worth it. It was worth it. I was not in any trouble. I didn't get any kind of... They didn't... They thought... The coach thought it was funny. He was a dice clay guy. He thought it was funny. He just stopped me. He says, you're done. You're out. It's over. And then that was the end of it. I never got in any trouble. My friends all thought it was funny. The other team thought it was funny. I don't think the parents thought it was funny. But I did. And that was my furry story. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, there you go. Now, you've seen the people that do the stick horse competitions, hadn't you? Yes. Oh, you sent me that. That is such a bizarre one to me. And again, pretty innocent. And they I mean, pretend guess... to be they they pretend they have like a like a like a broomstick and they pretend to be Yeah, uh, they got they got a stick horse. Yeah. Or a hobby horse or whatever you want to call it, just you know what kids play with. And they go around and they like canter and, and do these dressage steps and then go over jumps and all this shit. And it's so funny looking and it's so weird. I don't understand. But I don't understand. They all look happy. Yeah, they look happy. There's I, that. Listen, when it comes down to it, it makes them happy. Fine. You can't, we can't all be like, you know, perfect. I mean, you got to find your happiness somewhere. Right, Ben Snur? Yep. Damn right. Guys. This was fun. Another Black Friday special in the books. Bensner is the man. I, you never let me down. Not one time. You've never let me down. And I appreciate the shit out of you. I appreciate it. Guys, go to wellshot.com. Get yourself some of them hammers that Ben Snur makes. Go to faderknives.com. Buy some swag from me or, or promote this podcast. Or if you like it, tell people about it. That's how you can help me. And uh, we'll see you later. I got a couple good podcasts coming up. Uh, I may take a week or two off here and there, but you know, don't worry. I got, I got you. Okay. Guys, thank you once again, Ben. Thank you so much. Anytime.